Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Garden Gossip, the home and garden show, with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Welcome, everyone. We're excited to have Monique Allen, the founder and creative director of the Garden Continuum, join us on today's show to give us some good gossip. She's Hey, we need gossip from Massachusetts, Nancy. We haven't had any gossip from there for a while. (laughs) It's been a a while. I know. Well, she's got gossip on how to stop landscaping and how to start lifescaping. I love this because to me it's about, you know, good stewardship through the land, um, creating really nice peaceful environments for, you know, the birds and the wildlife, and then having a good spot where we can drink wine. And today uh, Nancy and I are sitting outside Joshua Tree National Park at our friend's uh, inn, the historic homestead inn. And right outside, the sun is shining, the spring blooms are coming, there's a beautiful fountain, uh, there's barrel cactus everywhere, ocotillos are in bloom, the barrel cactus are starting to bloom. So, like, I feel, you know, lifescaping is happening here, and I think we should have, I wish she was here, Monique was with us, she'd enjoy it out here. Oh, she would love this. I know, she has created a, a brand new book, it's out now. Uh, you can get it through Ingram Sparks. Uh, go to Amazon, all those great places, Walmart, your local bookshop once it's open. <laughs> get out there as much <laughs> as you can for that. Uh, but the book is called Stop Landscaping, Start Lifescaping, A Guide to Ending the Rush, Rush, Humdrum Approach to Landscape Development and Care. And I encourage you to go to her website as well, thegardencontinuum.com. But welcome, Monique. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. And I do wish I was with you at the Homestead Inn. Just that place sounds amazing. It is really, really cool, you know, because she's created, you know, everything is uh, native plants out here. So she has a desert garden with 12 acres, right? So all this desert, but she proves that you can have a garden in the high desert. And so there's ancient creosote plants. So I always call them the ancient beings, right? And they're all in bloom, mm. so we've got yellow flowers. The Texas sage is all starting to bloom, all the purples. We've got palm trees, and the sunrise sunsets are awesome. And the fountain. The fountain mm. with the aloes are in bloom, so the hummingbirds and goldfinches are having a good time. There's roadrunners and lizards. Yeah, we're happy here. Can you tell? <laughs> I, I can totally tell, and I have to say I encourage all your listeners to go and listen to that podcast because Jerry, to me, was she was just like – the epitome of the lifescaper. She she's put her heart and soul into into that landscape, into that inn. The fact that she's reaching out to you know our servicemen and women. Um, to, I, I, I just I just felt like while I was listening to her that she was a kindred spirit. That she just got lifescape in her bones. Mm. Well, yeah, and, and let's touch on that. And and Jerry rocks, man. She's she's a good good friend of ours and. <laughs> Uh, she's taught us a lot about gardening, too, and landscaping and understanding, you know, how to spend good time, quality time with people and the places you love. And uh, But let's talk about what landscaping is versus landscaping. 
Yeah, the you know, I'll tell you that the easiest way to think about it is is this. A landscape is something that you look at and a lifescape is something that you live in. And mm-hmm. simply put, we're really talking about experience, about human experience and we all love pretty things and it's great to look through a book or out your window and see lovely things. Uh, a landscape is, is no less lovely. But what we're really trying to do is shift human experience to something that is resonant and connected um, so that we can be connected to each other, but also so we can be connected to nature. And so a lifescape really says, yo, yo, slow down, slow down, take a breath, take a beat here, and think about what you're creating and ask yourself, Will it be able to be sustained? Uh, mm-hmm. Can you really be a steward of the land? And can it feed you? I mean, everything we're going through in this country right now, and you two are sitting in this amazing place, and you feel whole and connected even amongst, you know, amidst a time that's kind of scary. Yeah, it's everybody's got this drama going on, and I always figure, like, no matter what's going on, I mean, the the world is under the drama of the, the coronavirus and um you know, we just say drink wine and find your moment of zen. <laughs> but, you know, you can't say that for everybody. But, you know, I think that right. it's really important that you have these special places. I'm thinking right now while we have what I call the coronavirus shut-in, that this is a good time to get outside because spring is here. Um, you know, maybe even if you have snow, start looking and planning your garden. And so this to me is it's a time to kind of go, hey, well, we, we have downtime. Let's take a breath of fresh air outside and start planning, start livescaping. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a brilliant idea. As I was telling you earlier, I just had um, an interchange with a client who uh, both the, the mom and dad both have to be home from work. They have children. They're all home from school. And they, they wrote in their email to me how thankful they were that they had built a livescape with me because they felt like even though they were – uh, you know, kind of self-quarantine and, and social distancing by being home, that they had this beautiful landscape to be outside in. And I agree with you. I think that mm-hmm. if you have to be home, that getting fresh air and being outside is really important. And one of the chapters in my book is Dare to Dream. Just dare mm-hmm. to dream. Dreams are free. And get out there and interact with your landscape and ask yourself, if, if this place could be anything, what would I love it to be? How would it feed my soul? And, gee, we all have a lot of home time right now, so we, we can totally do that. Yeah. Well, it's so good for the planet. You know, if everybody got out there and planted some native plants, and, you know, <laughs> they, first of all, they have exercise in the sun, which is good. They have fresh air. And they're doing something that's going to help everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I think that it also, the thing that I find really interesting about this, you know, like it it requires us to shift our perspective. And when we think about a landscape as a thing or as like an applique to our house or applique to our community, we don't think of it as a living, breathing system. And when you start to think of it as a lifescape, you connect it to your system, right, the system of your feelings, your mood, Um, your comfort, your connection. And, you know, most of the time we're moving way too fast to pay a whole lot of attention to it. So it's kind of interesting to me that right now we all are going to have a little bit more time on our hands and be able to think of it through this different lens where we can go outside and say, hey, is my landscape organized? Does it make sense to me? You know, is it healthy? 
or do I feel like mm-hmm. it needs a little bit more health? You know, does it have any wow, any pop? Um, mm. Because that's where the real fun is, right? When you put those three things together, organization, health, and what I call wow factor, that's what really makes a landscape sing like a lifescape. Mm. Well, the, the fountain that we have here is an amazing, it's small. Listen, <laughs> Nancy's already taken I, ownership of the fountain. I, it's my fountain. <laughs> I, I love it. I said so. no, it, it. It is amazing how the sound of trickling water calms you down. And I see like at yeah. certain times in the early morning, there's two sets of hummingbirds, different species, that come in and zoom around and fight over the water. We've seen <laughs> yellow, um, the goldfinches actually land on the rocks in the fountain and take a bath together, a little husband and wife team. And then in the late afternoon, the dragonflies come in. It's, I mean, you, you can watch it all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, think, absolutely. And, you know, what you're characterizing is this idea of moving through sights, sounds, and smells mm. to connect with a part of our humanity that's really outside just consumption, right? It's something so much more resonant with being a human being. When you see birds and the interaction and then you smell all the beautiful smells and you hear that calming water, all Mm. of a sudden everything settles. Yep. Yeah. It is that calming part of it and it settles and you're you're more, I think it creates awareness and there's something about plants and Mm. I got that you're, you're like me, uh, you know, reading your book, it's, you, you're such a great writer and fun and relaxed. It's like, oh, I want to dig in, literally. Um, but you talk about, um, you know, it's like you were talking about the plant pods. Like when you first realized, like, this is something I'm into. Like, what is this tree pod about? Where did, how did this happen? Like, I get all tripped out about what the leaf looks like and the plant looks like. And, the, oh, is this a bud? And why does it look this way? How did it change? And, oh, can this plant be next to this one? I geek out on it. And it started at a very young age for me as a kid. And I'm wondering about when you start lifescaping, it's really like, you know, for families, a project where we can foster that stewardship uh, with with kids and get them involved, get their hands dirty. So is that part of the process? I know you touch on it in your book, but with, with your clients that you kind of bring the whole family into it. Absolutely. So all of our services, when we're working with our clients, start with what we call a discovery session. So we really are trying to discover where the client is uniquely. So the thing that makes LifeScape so personal is that it really is about that person. So if I like take my own house as an example, I've been LifeScaping my home for over 20 years. And when I started, I didn't have kids. Then I had kids. And I never wanted a... Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Swing set, but then all of a sudden I needed a swing set. So I had to figure out how do I put that in there. And then as my kids got older, well, I didn't need a swing set anymore. So I gave that swing set actually to one of my employees because she had a kid. Now she could use a swing set. And then I changed that space to something else. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to follow um, the intelligence of the life 
of the landscape owner. So yes, we want to use native plants. Yes, we want to invite ecology and nature in, but we want we don't want to do that at the exclusion of the homeowner. Um, so we're really trying to make a lot of connectivity, understanding that as time goes on, that's going to evolve. So one of the things that I'm doing now is I'm actually doing mm-hmm. a lot of work with people who are moving into retirement. And so they may have been really active gardeners, but, you know, they have a couple of aches, a couple of pains. They maybe want to garden a little less, but they still want to have a beautiful landscape. How do we shift it now to respond to where they are in their life cycle at this point? And that's really lifescaping is moving it along the phases of anyone's life. I, you know, mm. I, I like this a lot. I, I mean, it's this is, you know, and I also go, you know, when we look at it big picture and, and getting everyone together and doing this kind of thing, do you see this as a ripple effect of kind of not only making these sanctuaries for ourselves and for the, the wildlife, right, and birds and this healthy thing, but do you see this as a ripple effect through communities so it almost combats what I always talk about, this dead zone that we've created? So all these little pieces of, you know, asphalt that we have everywhere around us, all this, you know, the <laughs> paved paradises, the more we do, with this, whether it's even a, a business, you know, uh, property, um, the more we do of this, um, the more we combat that dead zone and kind of create this really healthy atmosphere. So we don't have the coronavirus. At- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, so one of the things, so I, I do a, a good amount of public and commercial work too, and one of the things that um, I've been involved in is things like creating pocket parks or restoring old properties into being, you know, green again um, and, and doing commercial sites so that they're maximizing their land so that they are, in fact, like pollinator corridors, which is really important. So if everything's paved, paved, the pollinator is like, oh, wait, where do I go from here? So if we can create these corridors of green, we're actually helping to keep ecology alive. And in the urban centers, that's super important. So like we have a pocket park that we did in um, the town that my business is in, Medfield, Mass. It's called Straw Hat Park, and it was it was really cool because we got to build that park through public process. We were able to build it through some town funding, but also a lot of fundraising, a lot of volunteer activity, and then totally take this dead piece of land and make it into a completely cool pocket park which nancy you would be so excited because there's a super cool fountain in it (laughs) (laughs) i love it um, (laughs) yeah and so you're you're totally spot on we have the ability uh, to not only reinvigorate the you know these sort of asphalt jungles that we're talking about into life pockets but also don't forget that we will also have the ability like in our homes to grow food so one of the things that I think is really cool about the LifeScape idea and children is to have the ability to grow a little bit of food, even if it's just herbs, just a little bit of food so that you feel empowered to care of yourself on your own land. So, Monique, when you think about, um, you know, these landscapes and bringing food in, have you seen, um, like, some of the communities? Like, we were just in Yuma, Arizona, and we saw, like, on the roundabouts and in some of the, you know, downtown areas, they were starting mm-hmm. to grow citrus. Now, I know they do a lot of agriculture, and citrus is one of the things in that area. But do you see more and more communities planting crops that people can eat that need it? 
And you basically know. What, what, what I'm seeing in my area is, you know, we have the CSA, um, which is the community farms, and there's a lot of people in my area that donate to the community farms um, so that they can get their crop share, and then they also um, will uh, donate some time to help take care of it, which is kind of cool. And then we also have community gardens, which is really awesome. And I know people grow food, some food on that. I don't know of any um, kind of public uh, aspect of growing food. And that could have something to do with the fact that being in a northern climate, maybe it's a little bit less self-sustaining. Um, it's not like we can grow citrus trees here. Um, so really what I'm seeing as a movement is people being more and more interested in having like raised beds or box beds in their property where they can grow very simple crops. So things cool. like um, any root vegetable and lettuces and tomatoes and things like that, just, just to give them the ability to, to just have that food right outside their door. I love that. I think we all need chickens, too. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> hey, now, isn't that, well, speaking of that, composting, has that become easier for people? Because that's something, you know, a lot of, a lot of us turned our noses away from it at one point. And now it seems that there's a lot of products out there that can actually, you know, make it easier and encourage us to, you know, use our food scraps instead of throwing yeah, things away. Yeah, so- Agreed. And what I find with that, so I've been a professional in the professional landscape world, the ornamental landscape world for about 35 years. And the ornamental landscape world and the farming world are are really trying very hard to synergize. So right now I'm working with the Northeast Organic Farming Association to bring things like composting and understanding carbon sequestration and soil amending mm into my company so that we can start to tether those two worlds together a little bit. The truth is, I mean, and and this is important, is that you know, you two are gardeners, you've been out there working. It's not easy. There's not a whole lot that we can do to turn it into something that's just easy. So composting has a complexity to it that if you want to do it, there is no reason why you can't. But if you live like on a totally shady property, even if you have all the energy in the world, it's going to be hard for you. So what we're trying to do is just make sure that people understand that they can support things like the Northeast Organic Farming Association or a CSA if they can't do that kind of work at home. Yeah, because mm-hmm. what I like about your book is it's livescaping. It's really, a, you know, we talk about finding our authentic self, and, and your landscape is part of that, whether it's your interior or exterior, you know. Uh, so livescaping, I like this because it is about find, knowing who you are you know, and uh, getting yes. to know who you are. And I think gardening can really help you with that too, right? And so you know your limitations as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so I talk a lot about this idea of, you know, what we can do versus what we're actually going to do at the end of the day. And and there should be no shaming in gardening, right? Like you do what you can do, what feels right and authentic to you. And then partner. So I'm really, really big into collaborative effort and partnership. Um, And I believe that, like, what I would love to see is more landscape professionals partnering with homeowners through real friendship and real relationship. And that's what my company does. We're, like, friendly Mm. with all of our clients. Like, we're so happy to see them, and they're so happy to see us. 
And that's what I would love to see. And then there's no shaming in gardening, right? Like you do what you can. And then, and then you share the burden with other people. Yeah, exactly. You know, we were out, is it, um, it was uh, Palomar Mountain up in, in Southern mm-hmm. California. What was really interesting is because they're on a mountain. And so when things happen, you, you don't want to be up and down the mountain. You know, you're going a mile high, up and down, um, you know, for groceries. <laughs> and then you have a far distance to drive to get your groceries. So, like, one person had a greenhouse where they were doing greens. One person, uh, they had sunflowers and all kinds of things. One person had the pig. And at the end of the year, everybody shared the pig. And so everybody shared their their produce, including flowers, which I thought was pretty cool to do. It, so it's it like is every, so cool. Can it share reminds that me of that book. Do you, yeah, do you remember the book that um, – Barbara Kingsolver wrote, I think it was called mm. Animal Vegetable Miracle. Oh, I think you know, I know about it. I never, I didn't read it. You know, we used to live near her in, in Tucson. Arizona. Oh, did but you really? Now, yeah. But I, That's such a cool book because it's exactly what you're talking about. Like where, mm. you know, they she took her whole family and they just lived kind of off the grid for a year. And they mm. did just what you said where they shared resources within like I think like a 50 mile radius radius was like the max they would go um but they they were able to I think they had poultry on their land they grew everything and then anything they couldn't grow they traded Mm, everybody has a different kind of landscape you know in their in their properties different ways of uh, you know, some's got a ton of sun, others don't. When you look at Palomar Mountain, the gardening there, some of them were gardening in the valley, and others were gardening on the mm-hmm. top of the of the hills. Mm-hmm. So the landscape and the sunlight and membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. The, The moisture content was all drastically different. So they could grow a wide variety of things and then trade with each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And share seeds too. Yeah, that's, cool. that's the other thing is, is you know, looking at the seeds and, and sharing those. You know, we, I remember in Kenya, when we lived in Kenya, you know, as a little kid, I mean, everything grew there. It was oh, awesome. Everything. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. But the neighborhood, <laughs> you know, did share. They shared the bounty and they mm-hmm. shared the burden. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when, you know, wine, wineries have their big crush, you know, and their harvest, everyone comes together and helps. You know, I think this is. I think what you're talking about too is, is we are creating a sense of community through this, you know. Definitely, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's um, the other thing that 
is like a really cool resource that I think maybe some of your listeners would really love. Um, and I think you two would love is the food revolution network. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's really awesome because they, that group, um, really talks a lot about how people can just empowering people to do things. It made me think of it when you said seed saving, mm-hmm. um, empowered to save seeds, trade seeds, you know, somebody can grow tomatoes, but the other person can grow lettuce. And so they share. Um, and I think that the real revolution around food um, is going to happen within the lifescape, right? So it's going to happen within properties where people are really embracing the lifescape method when they're thinking long-term and whenever mm. they do anything in their property, they're always making sure to think upfront about long-term care. Mm-hmm. And that is going to make all the difference in the world. And I think it has a lot of opportunity to just give us a whole lot more control um, over what we eat and how healthy we are. And also going back to just how connected and calm we feel within our own space. Exactly. Oh, man, going back to the fountain, and then yeah. you reach over and you pick <laughs> a lemon or an orange or, you know, an apple or something. So the one thing I wanted to touch on this with edible, uh, you know, edibles in the garden, right? So you, you can have this balance of native plants. I know there's the ornamentals too, right? But we can put our fruit and vegetables among the flowers, right? I know we did it when we lived out here in the high desert. We, we you know, would have like zucchinis amongst the flowers, and it worked. Um, I know it's got to be different per region, but you know, I, you know, I just that's just my little fanciful thing of wanting vegetables and fruits within the flowers. I don't know if that's always going to work, right? <laughs> but well, what it, I want. it doesn't always work, but it yeah, but it, it it does work, and I call that edible integration. And you can absolutely have an edible integrated property. Um, we have a couple of properties that are that are really heavily edible, and you can. Um, I studied. Um, um, uh, herbal medicine for about five years and so for me a pollinator garden needed to also be a medicinal garden so I have asthma and I Mm. had a lot of allergies I have very few any now I think I've sort of inoculated myself by being outside so much but um I really wanted to integrate medicinal herbs and then edibles and then pollinators. So mm. if you take a plant like um, parsley or fennel, um, dill, these plants can all be sown in my area as um, biennials and annuals and then allowed to seed themselves within the garden, be absolutely beautiful, and then also host things like monarch butterflies because the caterpillars mm. love to, to eat, de- eat them down. But then you can also harvest and eat. So I agree with you. I think that's a brilliant idea. And all you have to, the only caveat there is to make sure you don't have anything poisonous in your garden because with children, they won't be able to differentiate. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that goes with pesticides and everything too, right? You want to yes. have a, a yes. nurturing garden. And this is the thing too, if we get more of us get involved with our gardens because whenever something's, you know, a new house is put up, a lot of times the soil gets nailed, Right. Doesn't this help the the topsoil of our country? Because that's what I'm fearful of is that we're not going to have any good soil left. Uh, It's so true. We're actually in quite a crisis with our topsoil right now and things like chemical applications. And I don't even mean chemical synthetic only. I even mean chemical organic. Um, We've got to be really careful um, because all of that soil biology 
is living. And that's why in the book I press on this issue of systems thinking, long-term systems thinking, because there is nothing that we can do in the garden that is entirely quick um, without causing damage. So Mm -hmm. what we need to do is we need this movement to get big enough that we can actually try to get builders. Cause I don't think builders are trying to do anything bad. I don't, I don't think anyone is wantonly trying to hurt the earth. I mean, maybe I'm naive, but what I see is that builders come in to build thinking, well, this is the easiest access. So, so, and this is the easiest place to, to pile things. So why don't I just do that? But they need to be educated. They need to be told, ooh, yeah, but if you do that, you're crushing the honeycomb of the soil and squishing all mm-hmm. of the biological life. So please don't. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. Our topsoil is really important, and it's our behaviors that are going to protect it. So aren't you really glad that you don't work in a mall anymore? <laughs> I was cracking up. So <laughs> I cracked up because That's Nancy funny. and I, when we, we left South Africa – and came here, and both of us ended up working in malls just to get our feet oh, back wow. on the ground. And literally, you didn't see the sunrise, you didn't see the sunset, mm-hmm. and it was just that bright light and and angry people, you know. And just it it really sucked. And then one day we finally got a vacation, and then I couldn't go back to work. I just yeah. told them where to go. <laughs> we quit. Like I'm done. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, well, I'll give you a management position. I'm like, Hell no, I'm out of here. <laughs> And when I was reading your book, I was cracking up because it was really about I wanted outside so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm so glad that you got out of there. <laughs> yeah, me too. I totally am. And, you know, I had no idea that this life existed. I, I just didn't know. It was when I think back it, on some level, it was just, if, you know, I think it was divine fate right it was like divine intervention or something but it feels a little like dumb luck like I don't know how I fell into it but when I got a taste of it I thought to myself oh my gosh I can't do anything else that's I just can't it it is very addictive and it's a good thing you Mm -hmm. know and I found like when we had our gardens um, and it's traditional to put especially food items all in a row all like we're going to put all the rows of lettuce together then we're going to put all the rows of corn together and that's when I found that's when you get a whole lot of pests. And just by mm-hmm. breaking up, you can have the same amount of lettuce growing, but it, you put it in little tiny patches all over the place. It's it's kind of a relief for your eye. And you don't get the massive amount of pests that are going to come and eat your lettuce. Mm. And ducks are it, good, too, because yeah, they eat snails. <laughs> <laughs> and geese. Geese are great watchdogs, too. <laughs> they're scary sometimes you gotta watch out <laughs> oh yeah we know but you're they, so they tend you're, to like you're, they like nancy they do they like nancy um you know the one thing i do want to touch on is lawns and where mm-hmm. are we on that that you know because a lot of times what we've hear is you know if you need to have a lawn because you've got kids and a dog and things like that kind of just make it small versus you know nancy tore out our <laughs> lawn when i was a little baby <laughs> She had a. She tore it out and, you, and she planted wildflowers in where the lawn was. Yeah. And the neighbors were so upset when they saw me tearing out the lawn. We had like a circular drive and this big lawn in the front. I was like, that's so boring. So I tore it all up. <laughs> and the neighbors were, oh, they were just so angry. And then a, a few months later, I had a field of flowers. And they were like, oh, how'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so what, yeah, I what think, do you um, think about lawns? I, I think um, 
so it's interesting. When I first bought my property, um, which is two and a half acres, the whole front, like like more than an acre, was all lawn. And it wasn't even really lawn. It was kind of like a weedy, weedy space mm-hmm. with nothing in it. And one of the things in landscape is if you define your edges really, really well, the lawn space will actually look bigger. You know, this, this mm-hmm. huge expanse of lawn with no real edges. As human beings, we need edge definition. We need to define space through the edges. So I really try to encourage people to pull the lawn in and to, to limit it to functional space. Um, and so I'm notorious. I'm with Nancy for ripping lawn out everywhere. Um, however, there is so much more data showing us that lawns that are organically managed have an enormous ability to sequester carbon. I mean, huge mm. ability to sequester carbon and to build soil. So what we do is we recommend an organic lawn. We recommend, um, like here, we I love the, a product called Black Beauty Tall Fescue, um, which I just love. Mm. It's out of a grower in Rhode Island called Sodco, and I just adore them. Um, and that particular turf blend takes um, less water, less fertilizer, and you can even let it grow a little bit longer, which is nice. And just recently, I start, they actually now sell something called micro clover, which is a fescue clover, mm. a very small, low clover blend. And for years, I had been just sowing Dutch white clover into my lawn, but now I can actually buy sod that has clover in it. And wow. the coolest mm. thing about clover, clover is that it will nitrogen fix. So in order for a lawn to stay green, it definitely does need a, a good amount of nitrogen. But normally what we're doing is we're throwing product all over. But if instead we have a plant that's commingled in with the lawn, like clover, that's a natural, natural nitrogen fixer, meaning it's going to grab nitrogen out of the air and then transform it and in the exudates of its so- of its root system, it's going to actually put nitrogen in the soil. So now you have these beautiful bedfellows, and you can have a lawn that's just big enough to play, um, that's really nicely defined by the edges, managed organically, that's doing a kick-ass job sequestering carbon. That's cool. awesome. You know, here are, cool. we are in, at Homestead Inn just down the street is the Lucky Park. It was a beautiful park complex, and... We were walking there this morning on our morning walk, and they have, you know, a big grassy area with playgrounds and exercise equipment and, you know, shaded ribatas and all of this great stuff. But I keep noticing, and I and I even photographed them, that they have dandelions here on this grassy area. And, and we're in the middle of the high desert, so here's your green space, right? But they have dandelions, and I thought, wow, when do you go to a city park that has dandelions that hasn't been over? I mean, that's a good sign, isn't it, when you see dandelions? It's a great sign. So if you have dandelions, first off, dandelions, if if that area is um, not chemically managed, um, dandelions are incredibly edible. The greens are really, really good for the liver and kidneys. Um, Especially this time of year, dandelion greens are a cleansing green. Everybody should be eating them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they are not a bad plant. They're tap-rooted. So in and of themselves, dandelions actually aerate the soil, which is great. So, and you can still mow it, right? It just isn't a thin yeah. blade, right? It's a big leaf. But I think that just goes to show that Lucky Park is a lucky. safe place for kids to play. It's lucky. Now, is Lucky yeah. Park, is that connected to Dr. Lucky? Yeah. Like, yes. Isn't that the, the doctor doc- that, like, brought people here because of um, breathing 
issues. Yeah, after yeah. World War One, mustard gas poisoning. Yeah. So a lot of people came. We're finding out there's this huge connection. Like it's weird when we're in Silver City, New Mexico. Everyone was from Florida. When, when was it, everyone in in Louisiana was from New Jersey or something? It's crazy here. Everyone's from crazy. Pasadena, California. It's just this weird thing that happens. But yeah, That's he so came funny. out and got people here, and then they started homesteading because it was a mining area. And but it is, I mean, the the fresh air is fresh air here, and it takes you a while to acclimate. Like we went from Yuma, Arizona, which is really at ground level or sea level, up up to the high desert. So we're up here, and it's. It's a whole different world, so you kind of have to learn how to breathe here a little bit better. But you do; it's clear. It's like clear air, so it's it's oh, it's I cool. I want to go there. <laughs> you should. Yes, you should. Beautiful. We did when we lived here. Had an awesome garden. We actually had a test garden for mm-hmm. uh, different rose companies and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we grew. That was fun. We grew a lot, and it's very That's extreme. Awesome. It's very extreme because you really have high heat that can go up to 115, 120. And then you can get oh, wow. snow in the winter, but not like major, major snow, but you can get that and get really, really cold. So it's a either or, and you just have to – we did a lot of research, a lot of testing. And the gardens out here have – because we've got mountains around us, there's like a microclimate. The other day there was a big, you know, rainstorm coming in. One half of the house had rain, the other half didn't. So it's like it's it's like that. So you have to really – experiment, learn in areas like this, and I'm sure all over the country, you know. So I know that you've got this new thing, not only the book, everyone, which is Stop Landscaping, Start Lifescaping, um, but you've got like a text thing where you can text people a link to an ebook on how to pick their plants. Is this for yes. Massachusetts or for nationally, internationally? It's for it's for anyone. So if you awesome. want to text 38470, and you just text the word plants, you'll get a link to a little ebook that I wrote. It's free. It's called Picking Plants. And it just talks about how to smartly buy plants. And in the back, it gives you a worksheet so that you can go out with the worksheet, look at your property, answer a bunch of questions about your property, so that when you go to buy plants, you're buying plants that match your property. And mm. like the reason for that is, I I know I'm guilty of this, but, you know, you go to a nursery and you see a really pretty plant. You're like, oh, I so want that plant. And you buy it and you bring it home. And then you have no idea where to put it. It ends up dying in the pot at your door or you put it in the ground and it dies because it was the wrong place. So this ebook was, was written to help people buy plants successfully. Um, So yeah, you just text three, eight, four, seven, zero, text the word plant and you'll get the link. Awesome. Everyone, go check it yeah, out. Cool. Go check it out. Yeah. Now, before you go, Monique, we like this on our Garden Gossip show. So, because we, we want gossip, you know, <laughs> any bit of gossip we can get, right? So, now, yep. if you could go and house sit for anybody for a weekend to go and, like, snoop around their house and garden. <laughs> snoop around their house. Right? <laughs> and gather gossip for a weekend, yeah. like a weekend, you know, a weekend yep. retreat. Whose place would it be? Uh, I would want to go to to uh, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's house. I would really love to see their landscape. I, I would oh. I would be like so because I love them, and I think they they are just really into. Um, I think they're into their land. I think they're incredible family people. 
Uh, and I, I would just think it would be the coolest thing in the world to hang out at um, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith's house. I, I just, yeah, I think yeah. that'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah. So first. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd want, I want, I want a concert when, <laughs> a concert from both yeah, of them. Yeah, no kidding, right? I know. I, yeah. I, I love mean, it that she's in a outside. heavy metal band. You know, she rocks, man. <laughs> and Will Smith will come they out and rap, but she's got like heavy metal, and then like the kids will just get in there. So I'm totally with <laughs> you do. on this whole thing. Yeah. I love it. I just love them. I, yeah. So I don't, that's, really that'd cool. be my spot. Yeah. That's a great cool. question. <laughs> well, we're coming to see you <laughs> when you go do that. Yeah. Yeah. She will have to visit. <laughs> Awesome. Everyone, again, the book is by Monique Allen, and it's called Stop Landscaping, Start Lifescaping, A Guide to Ending the Rush, Rush, Humdrum Approach to Landscape Development and Care. Again, you can get on all online stores. Uh, ask your local bookshop when, you, when you're allowed to go to see them, and if you can, go see them uh, to carry it. <laughs> so check that out. And also keep up with Monique on her website, thegardencontinuum.com. She's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those great places as well. She posts some great stuff, too, so uh, a really good uh, source to follow if you're into gardening and livescaping. And also, again, uh, that text link for her Picking Plants ebook is text PLANT to 38470. We want to thank everyone for joining us here on Big Blend Radio. You can keep up with our shows on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and Sundays. Just go to BigBlendRadio.com. And Monique, we love to play music, obviously, for our guests and our listeners, and we like to theme it as best as we can. And Having lived in southern Arizona for a while, uh, one thing that was pretty common was rock gardens, swimming pools, and barbecues. And it's the season in the desert <laughs> to get out there and enjoy the sunshine and the wildflowers. So uh, we're going to play this song. It's called Rock Gardens, Swimming Pools, and Barbecues. <laughs> and it's from the album awesome. Perfume of Creosote Desert Exotica Part 1 by Michael and Spider. And here it is. Thanks so much, Monique. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Lisa. It's awesome. It was, for sure. You take care. You too.
Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.